Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. Today, we are going to have a really interesting conversation about taking it to the streets with reimagining dementia. But before I go there, I'm just going to give a couple of shout outs. One, please check out alzheimerspeaks.com. Go to our free educational resources. We have a ton of different things there you can tap into. Uh, We also have a book tab for Betty the Bald Chicken, which is a children's book, which teaches everyone at all ages lessons. And there's wonderful questions. You can read it to yourself. You can do a one-on-one with a child. You can use it for group presentations, et cetera. And then, of course, there is Dementia Map, uh, which has 150 categories you can search, a calendar of events, a shop, a glossary of terms, a blog, and so much more. If you'd like a tour for that, uh, just reach out to me at radio at Alzheimer Speaks, and we will, we will get you a tour. I think that's all I have. So let's go ahead and pull in our guest. We're going to be talking with Mary Fridley, who leads the Reimagining Dementia Coalition. Well, Mary, I'm so glad that we're able to take the time to meet with us today. I think what you're doing with Reimagining Dementia is so important. And I want to hear more about this Taking It to the Streets initiative. And I know our Mm -hmm. audience is going to be really interested in that as well. But first, can you kind of introduce yourself to our audience? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. And thank you for for having me and for for hosting this conversation. uh, We have historically gotten a very positive response from your listeners. So I am eager to share all of what's going on. Um, as for me, I, um, well, rel- I, 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 I mean, I can say a lot about myself, but relative to the, if you will, the work in, in the dementia arena, um, I really was first introduced and first kind of began to get to know kind of that, uh, that world, if you will, um, when a colleague of mine, Dr. Susan Massad, and I um, founded, created a, a workshop conversation series called the joy of dementia you got to be kidding and I think I said that was about seven years ago Um, and that really was an effort to bring um, an approach that both Susan and I have been trained in called social therapeutics and it's really an approach that utilizes our kind of human capacity or very ordinary human capacity to play to perform to create and we really the 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 workshop the Joy of Dementia Workshop, like so many others that we've led on a variety of topics, really is designed to bring very different groups of people together, people living with dementia, care partners, medical professionals, um, community members, anyone who wants to be a part of creating a new kind of conversation about dementia that's more open, more um, inclusive, more joyous, uh, more life-affirming, and more future-facing, 
because as you know, so much of dementia um, kind of forces us all to look, if you will, backward. Um, and I just think as a human being, it's not particularly a healthy or developmental place to be in. I'm not, I don't even think it's not good for any of us, regardless of our cognitive capacities. So the joy of dementia kind of, and, and also through joy of dementia, we began to um, meet some of just incredibly innovative, creative, um, passionate um, uh, colleagues around the world who shared our commitment to um, just completely transforming what we kind of come to call the tragedy narrative of dementia. Um, and also groupings of people who felt like we did that the lens through which we would even have a shot at transforming the dementia experience for everyone has to be creative. Um, so it is a, we are creating um, an alternative to the biomedical model, um, which in my own personal belief, and this is not and with, meant with any disrespect to individual doctors or healthcare professionals, and even those in psychology and social services, which have also been very influenced by those models. But I just happen to believe the biomedical model just simply doesn't have a lot to offer to dementia. And given that, it often plays a very negative role. Um, and something new is needed. And so this, this is part of that effort. And out of, and just to fast forward, so out of meeting all those people when COVID hit and it just became clear that something we had to make, we need to do something in response to the fact that so many of our elderly, so many of our people living with dementia, so many in poor communities, under worse resource communities, native communities, we're just being allowed to die. Um, and, 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 and certainly, and even if they weren't, they, they, even if they didn't pass away, it, it was just overall an untenable and abusive situation. Um, so we reached out, a number of our friends and colleagues responded, and out of that, we formed uh, Reimagining Dementia Creative Coalition for Justice, which now has about 840 or so members from about 35 countries, continues to grow. Um, and it really was a way for us to kind of bring together and see if we could leverage um, our kind of collective successes, uh, resources, talents, experiences, learnings to, um, to impact more broadly on the overall dementia conversation that we wanted to, to face directly. Um, kind of, if you will, the systemic and cultural challenges. Um, so that's a little bit about me, and I could say more. Um, but one of the reasons, just to finish, uh, that we went in the direction of the coalition is in part because both Susan Massad and I are longtime community organizers or community activists with culture change people. So really, I think it's just to, and, and it felt like with dementia, we needed um, we needed a coalition that could project um, what I've kind of come to call the creative wing, which is a terrible probably description, but I can't think of anything better. So if any of your listeners have a suggestion, please let me know. Um, because we're not the ones who get the big money and we're not the ones who get a lot of the headlines and we're not, and often we even work 
not knowing what each other is doing. So at a minimum, the coalition has addressed that because it is now, there is a place where if you want to do anything um, more creative, more innovative, more radical, more outside the box, there's a place for you that can support that kind of work and hopefully present again an ever growing voice and, and so that we can have a seat at the table and a voice at even rearranging that table when it comes to how are we gonna move forward internationally around dementia. Well, that's fantastic. I, I love the word coalition actually, because to me it says grassroots, yeah. money's, money's not the driving factor. <laughs> it really is a passion project and I need to listen when I hear the word coalition, because it to me, it says it's a matter of of the heart yeah. and, you know, and humanity. And um, so I, I, I like that term. And uh, it's been amazing to see how big of a reach you've made in such a small period of time. Pretty cool. Over 800 members. And what did you say? 30 different countries? About 35 countries. Um, yeah, it's been extraordinary. I, I mean, because again, I am very aware every day that we are not the most oversourced. You're right. Money is not the motivation. Um, and we keep hearing from people and they're hearing about it from friends, colleagues, newsletters. So it's, which is also why, you know, I just am, I always urge everyone to just keep letting people know that we exist. They'll find us. It's it, it's it's enormously valuable, even if for the moment no one is directly impacted by dementia, although in the world that's increasingly rare, given how many people are have been diagnosed and how many care partners there are all, all of that. Um, but you know, my feeling is, you know, so even if somebody gets to know us now, they know that there's something else out there. They know there's a much more positive. A supportive place that they can go if they're if they're grappling with this, and even if it's ten years later and they go, oh wow, now I'll be thrilled that they at least know. Okay, let's go. I think now is the time to have a conversation with those folks, and that's fine with me. Um, but at the moment, given everything, uh, and again, given the absence of media coverage and and major financial investment, which we're obviously pushing to change. Um, this is going to be the only way people know about something that's new, different, whatever. Well, and I, you know, I, I totally believe in the the power of the word of mouth. I mean, that's what I've leveraged in my business. Yes, this You've whole done time, a wonderful job. You know, I haven't bought a Google ad. <clears throat> I, I just, it's yeah. it's about connecting people. You're about lifting other people's um, work and building collaborations together. And again, when you hook up passionate people, you move forward a lot faster than you do uh, an organization that is looking for for titles and positions. Yes. Yeah, um, and and you can bypass kind of that whole money factor. I mean, it's nice to have that funding, but it's yeah. still amazing how much you can get done. Now, one question I always ask all all of my sure. guests is: Have you been personally touched by dementia? I have about, um, actually it was after I had begun the joy of dementia, but my mom um, eventually passed away from complications of late stage dementia. So, and I was her primary care partner. Um, she lived in Texas, I'm in New York. 
Um, so, you know, there were all the challenges of that. And, you know, as I often say to people, it was both one of the most emotional times of my life. And it was one of the most joyous and just wonderful experiences of my life. Because, and, and this is something I've been talking a lot more about more broadly, but also for myself. I think we under appreciate, under accept, whatever, is how much being around my mom and others and the more I've just been immersed in the dementia, with dementia, it's, it's just made me an infinitely better person. I've grown and I've had to grow. And I knew that with my mom, um, because as you know, it's a, it's a life transforming upending experience. You, you cannot, in fact, I was in a conversation yesterday with some um, friends or colleagues and just said, you know, when my, I went down to Texas because it was clear more was going on with my mom. And the first time it was clear she was hallucinating and doing all that was going on you know I just burst out crying because it was just uh and, and it was almost just a shock of the experience and then we were able to move forward but in that moment I also took seriously that both I had to get a lot of support and create a whole what we've come to call in the joy of dementia a dementia ensemble that could support me to do whatever I had to do to be giving to my mom and to keep that relationship going, regardless of where we both were. And we're both, you know, she was, she, she eventually she lost her capacity to speak, but it was just fascinating because there were so many ways, you know, we were able to touch each other. But it was me taking responsibility for, hey, I'm not, I don't have what I need to be able to be with her and keep that relationship going and, and go with whatever those changes or transformations had to be. And that's been very important and to also have the full emotionality of it. And I think that's something that we've tried with, and I think both with the coalition and with Joy of Dementia is to really open up. Again, I just think we pay so just insufficient attention to the emotionality mm -hmm. of dementia for everyone. Um, it looks different, but, and there's got, you know, and just in terms of giving people the kind of emotional support and the growth they would need to grow through. So you don't just completely shut down, uh, which is so painful and obviously not helpful to anyone. Um, and also I think it's, I just believe deeply, and this is why I love the coalition so much, but, but regardless of whether it's personal or institutional or whatever, we, I want to help people learn how to create communities of support that can support mm -hmm them to kind of step outside their comfort zone and go some new kinds of places because you have to there's nothing comfortable about dementia it just isn't um it doesn't mean it's a tragedy but it certainly isn't comfortable all the time and and i agree i think it's important for us to be able to express those emotions to have that support and to realize we're not alone and i think yeah. you know people sharing their stories, it just, it melts people because, oh, yeah. because they do feel that there's this wall and that nobody understands. And, and yeah. it, it is just uh, apparent uh, that that's a need. I, I think too, what is good for dementia is good for the rest of the world. I'm with you. It I made me a better agree. person, made me look at things differently, um, have a whole different understanding of what's before me. 
and and what's causing um yeah whatever is happening oh definitely well let's let's talk about this campaign taking taking it to the streets what is it and and why do you feel it's important well it is a it's a global campaign that um, the Reimagining Dementia Coalition launch in, on June 5th, I believe. Um, it will formally take place during the week of September 18th through 24th um, this fall. Um, and really, the impetus for it uh, was one, it had just grown out of convers- many, many, many conversations within the coalition, because as you know, and many of your listeners probably know, we host you know, quarterly member gatherings, and we took the we and took them and take them very seriously because it's a way we've gotten to know each other and to really kind of more organically figure out, okay, well, what's what makes the most sense to do to advance all that we're doing. Mm-hmm. So this time around, one of the things that I began to think about was why is it that if hundreds of millions of people are either living with or affected by dementia. And it's probably safe to say everybody in the world has a relationship to dementia, if only because you live in fear of it. And it, it, I think it, wrote, it, it greatly overdetermines how we look forward or ahead to aging. Um, but let's just stick with the ones who have been diagnosed or need to care for them. That's still hundreds and millions of people. In some countries, it's now the, a leading cause of death. It's, it's big. It's not an exotic disease that five people get, you know, over the course of a year. So why, if that's true, why isn't a much more normal, ordinary part of the, just our day-to-day conversations? Like, it just isn't. It's surrounded. And I finally, one day, I said, you know, it's almost like, you know, one of those science fiction cone of cones that come down and but it's like a cone of silence that surrounds it again unless you're immediately impacted and then but even then the response can often be to isolate yourself to not talk about it to pull away or have friends and family pull away whatever so really we just I, we just started talking well how do we can we close that gap and and in a way we were inspired by you know a lot of what's gone on in the past so for example for me one of the strongest um, inspirations has been both AIDS, the fight, you know, um, against AIDS and the disability rights movement. Mm-hmm. And in both cases, um, they were hidden away. In the case I know for AIDS, particularly who was catching it, it was highly stigmatized. People, even medical professionals wouldn't take care of people with AIDS. And certainly disability rights took I mean, it was it was just something nobody was taking seriously until they took it to the streets. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. In some very, I think, wonderfully performatory and theatrical ways. But that's when it began to break. And there was began began to be, you know, they had they began to touch the hearts and minds of a much broader populace. And that was true in cancer. I mean, 75 or you know, 25, 30, 40 years ago, I don't know. Um, nobody talked about cancer. Doctors wouldn't tell patients they had cancer. And again, until we began to mobilize and it began to be clear that you don't have to have cancer to support the fight against cancer. You don't have to have AIDS to support the fight against AIDS. You don't have to have a disability to support that. And and we all benefit, by the way. <laughs> we all really do benefit from all of those of those fights. Um, so why not for dementia? Mm-hmm. So um, how is this going to look? I mean, what what types of events are people pulling together? It, it varies greatly. So I know, for example, we have a series of events taking place in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, they range from some people are literally going out to the streets and setting up tables and probably that's happening here in New York and in the Bay Area as well. They're, they're just going to talk to people. They're going to have them, but really do something to bring people into the conversation. And again, one of the things I want to emphasize is this is less about a big E educational campaign Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get people to believe the right things about dementia. We want to touch them, involve them in conversations, and hopefully include them in community. Um, so, so some are like that. People are finding ways. They're going to parks. They're going to to public spaces. And we urge people to. We urge people to whatever they do that it be public facing and designed to open this up to a much broader audience, including people who are simply not immersed in the dementia conversation like you and I are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot more people out there who will never come to one of our organizations. They're not going to read a newsletter. They're just, they're there and they and they care and they're human beings. And this gives them an opportunity to express their humanity. Um, so there's those. And then um, some people are have already, you know, one of our colleagues um, at the Royal Academy of Music is, um, they were going to host a, um, the premiere, but just a lovely short video though they video they did on creativity and dementia. Um, and so they're now doing it under the the umbrella uh, of taking it to the streets. It's now taking it. So that's an option as well. Um, others, you know, in Toronto, our colleagues are hosting a a, a, a um, film showing of two short films that are very relevant. They've been doing extensive outreach. Um, I've been in touch with colleagues in Singapore and Malaysia. They're beginning to organize events. Honestly, in all honesty, I don't know the breadth of what people are doing because mm-hmm. the attention has been paying right now to, to um, continuing to reach out and speak to both members and also new organizations. But, um, but I know that I've also been in conversations with people in Africa and South America. Um, and, you know, Australia, New Zealand, on the Pacific Rim, um, India, we have a very active uh, member there. So it's, I suspect that um, that's, but that's broadly speaking, the kind of thing people are doing, but it's very organic to their organization. Although 
one of the things I am urging, including those listening who might be going, oh, maybe I, I should be a part of that. Do it in a way that supports your work and your position in the community. And as much as possible, it's a moment to reach out to new kinds of organizations. Everybody we're working with does not have to um, does not have to be involved with dementia aging. They could be cultural organizations. They could be libraries. They could be museums. They could be, and, and in fact, I'm just got an email from a the head of a, a disability rights organization, and I'm very eager to have more of a conversation with um, the broader disability community. Um, and you know, we, you know, and we're working, you know, including these podcasts, we're working on doing more. Uh, media. Hopefully, we will get some attention. Hopefully, nationally, maybe internationally. Um, but that's kind of an overview of of uh, what's going on. There's going to be a major festival in Manchester, England, um, and so it's you know it's just fun to see people figuring out okay what kind of again organically what can they do and to be a part of this. Um, so that's a little bit of what's going on. We've also been in conversations with some of the leading um, national and international organizations like um, Dementia Alliance International, Dementia Action Alliance here in the States, Alzheimer's societies in various countries. Um, we just had a conversation with the Three Nations Dementia Working Group, which was formed and is run by people living with dementia in the UK. Um, and, you know, all of those, because we want, you know, we also want to reach their members. Um, we have a member in Indiana who oversees the dementia-friendly initiative in that state. They've made September and taking it to the, or taking it to the streets, their September project through the, throughout the state, and they're you know now in touch with the national DFA and, and to see if there might be some openings there as well. Well, it's wonderful. I love that you know because sometimes when one organization or coalition does something, other organizations go, "Oh no, that's theirs. We can't be part." And you're saying everyone yeah. at every stage can be part, um, and it doesn't have to be dementia specific. So. You know, if it's a, you know, a, a city who's having their parade, I mean, you could be part of that. It could be part of it. It could just as long as there's some indication that it's part of taking it to the streets. Yeah. And also, we've just made clear from get go, even before we did this campaign, the coalition has no interest in reinventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. We are not a service organization. We don't want to be. We're not going to become, you know, we are who we are and we're hoping to get better at what we do, which is to impact on the broadest possible conversation through creative means and really using the power of, of creativity to, to impact on that. So in a way, this campaign, um, we want to highlight other organizations and what their local efforts People don't know enough about that. I mean, everybody should know about your podcast in the world. There's just, there is no reason why. This isn't a specialty disease as I knew before. So many people are going to be impacted by it. So we want to, we're not going to be a local organization. We can't respond to local needs, but we can say, hey, there's some really good people in Mumbai 
Mm-hmm. Be in touch with them. Are there some very good people in the Bay Area? Be in touch with them. Here's how you do it. So it's really, it, it, the design is reciprocal. And as far as I'm concerned, everything we're asking people to do for the campaign will benefit them. Because you want to reach out to people in your community, it seems to me. Maybe it's the old organizer in me, but you'll want people to know. Exactly. And that I think it does enhance it if you're part of reimagining dementia or saying that we're, because it, regardless of people, whether they know about the coalition, that's not my primary concern. It's immediately letting people know, oh, something new is out there. Reimagining dementia, huh? That's kind of uplifting. <laughs> and so fine, for a moment, we uplift people. Um, so really, I I hope people can see that this actually benefits us all. Oh, for sure. And, you know, I love that you, you know, mentioned the creativity, because I think so often corporations and organizations stagnate creativity. And it's got to it's like, here's a bed in a bag, and it has to fit. And these are the rules. And, you know, we got to get rid of some of these rules and actually have things that apply in people's lives and culture and diversity and, you know, finances, all of that stuff, you know, customizes who we are as individuals and what it is that we need. And so that has to be taken, taken into account. And I think, too, what I like about the coalition is you welcome everyone in because I don't think that we can make true sustainable change if we're not inclusive. I agree. Because everybody's voice matters in this. And it's it's good to be heard and it's good to give hope. You know, yeah. so much of what has happened, in my opinion, in the past has been, and, and this is kind of how I even landed in this space, when I was in residential real estate working um, with um, senior housing, they were the ones that encouraged me to step in. And they said, you know, you're not doom and gloom and give me your money. You're about yeah. hope and joy yeah. and how, how to live graciously. Yeah. And, I, and I think so often we believe what we've been taught, you know, over all this time. And I think people are just astonished of, like you said, what a gift this goofy disease can be. You know, it's it's wrapped in a really weird package and you really wouldn't think it could be a gift. And people look at you strange when you say it's it's changed your life for the better. Like, oh, how, but how can that be? And it's like, well, let's have a conversation and I'll tell yes. you how that yeah. can be. I agree. I, I welcome people saying the joy of dementia. What? Yeah. And getting angry sometimes. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of people who do not want joy and dementia to appear in the same sentence. Yep. So I welcome that. I want to have that conversation um, yeah. because I, I agree with you 100 percent. It is it is a, it's an opportunity and a gift. How we respond to it. That's another issue. That's why I want to help people get better at responding in ways that allow everybody to move forward. But, you know, that's possibly a conversation for another time. Yeah. Well, we have been, if you just are turning in, we have been talking with Mary Fridley with Reimagining Dementia Coalition, and we're talking about their new campaign that has just launched called Taking It to the Streets. And so you might want to rewind and and catch up from the beginning, (laughs) Um, but you can go to their website, which is reimaginingdementia.com. They're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. 
Um, or you can go right to the Taking the Streets initiative by going to reimaginingdementia.com forward slash uh, Taking Streets and uh, find out more about that, uh, that campaign, which anybody can be a part of. And uh, what I like is there's really no rules on how you take it to the streets. It's really yeah. about having a conversation and um, getting people more comfortable uh, regarding dementia. And you can do that through music, through arts, through conversation, through film, um, you name it, you know, yeah. you, could, you could have a lemonade stand. Um, they don't care. You know, just take it to the streets and get the, get the <laughs> no, word that's out. That's a good there. idea. I'm going to get that out. You're right. We have not suggested lemonade. Well, why not? Particularly yep. given the heat that most people will probably still be experiencing in September. It'll well, probably be even more important. Well, well, and how fun to get the kids involved, you know, yes. with lemonade yes. stand or whatever there. So, you know, bottom line, what is, what is your hope? Um, with this, you know, when, when the campaign is over with, you know, the end of September, I would imagine you guys will, you know, regroup and analyze what, what are you, what are your hopes for this campaign? Well, after I sleep for a week, um, (laughs) I will, (laughs) you know, I, Actually, for whatever reasons, I'm never very good at answering this question. So let me get, I will get to it, but but maybe by starting with, I'm already thrilled with the campaign. Mm -hmm. It's actually, as a person and as an organizer, I think our, my perspective is never to fixate on the product, if you will. And if, if you will, that week being if you, the product, so to speak, I'm not, but already we're having so many new conversations with so many different kinds of partners and people are reaching out to us and they're inspired by it and whatever. So that to me is a major win. Um, Mm -hmm. What I hope will happen. um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding myself. I think we still have a long road to hoe before I would love to pick up, for example, some media coverage, I would love for this effort to be broadly um, speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love the world to know about it. I'm not naive. I've been a grassroots organizer for 40 years. So I we're going to push for that. But really, and it has to do with something you were saying about, um, I mean, I think maybe a condition that is more paralyzing than dementia is cynicism which we all suffer way too much of these days. So I really want to give people the experience of being able to impact in very ordinary ways, because I think we are, our notion of what it means to, to affect social transformation or to make any kind of change is fundamentally a kind of top down effort. And you have to, you have to look upward and hope that your elected officials or other leaders will come to their senses and actually do something on behalf of most ordinary people. Mm-hmm. Some people believe that'll happen. I don't happen to. I don't think it's the right place to look. I think you have to be aware of it because it affects your lives. But I think even that we have, you know, hundreds of people now in a way saying, oh, we can look to ourselves and our communities to have an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we're going to do whatever we can, and all of that will make a difference because it's the collective impact. It's not the particular impact of the 
of the table in Queens, New York, or a, a, a talent show in Mumbai or, or Calcutta. Um, it is that we've come together and it's all of us doing this together and having an organized way, but we're doing it independently. We're mm -hmm. not relying, as you said before, on major institutions. So in that sense, in a very ordinary grassroots sense, I think we're empowering people to, to begin to see and relate to themselves as others as, oh, we can do this. Mm -hmm. We can go out and whatever way it looks, we're now part of something that if we continue and we persist and we keep getting smarter and better at what we're doing and, and the creativity I genuinely believe is endless, um, that's transformational in part because as human beings, and this is to me the issue with dementia because dement what and I think one of the big reasons people are so afraid of it um, is because it takes away the one thing that that our culture has has succeeded in convincing us is the be all and end all of humanity, which is our brain, our mm -hmm. ability to know and to know what's going to happen and to reason and whatever. Again, I don't. I I think that's been an important development in the course of humanity i don't think it's how we're going to move forward um so really it's also allowing people to just break free of thinking that um so it's kind of a practical experience and how do you create change how do you build community mm -hmm. um, how do you talk to strangers <laughs> i mean it's not as if that's so easy in our in and so it just begins to 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 I don't know, make a dent in what we believe is possible. And then we'll build on that. And hopefully we'll bring in others who come to believe that that actually has to be an integral part of any social change effort. Um, and, and, and I think that, and hopefully we'll reach a lot of people and at least introduce them. I mean, we're also going to have a, a, we've created a petition that we'll bring out and we're going to ask people to sign as a statement of humanity that they support. So it's one thing else people can do. And we want to use that. And, and it also kind of quantifies, if you will, the voice of people. And we want to then say, hey, you know what, to other organizations, to other leaders, to whatever, you know, people are concerned about this. It's not true that nobody cares about people living with dementia. Um, and we'll just keep, we'll keep figuring out new and hopefully better or not, not even better, new ways and other ways to continue to leverage what happens. Mm -hmm. Now, is the petition something that people can sign online on your site as well? Yes, it is not up yet, okay. um, but it will hopefully will be by next week. Okay. So yes, if people can come back and and yes, and, and then we're also, you know, it will be available for everyone. If they, and, and again, actually, I would make this appeal. We also can send it to you. Um, it's a very simple thing you can do. I mean, you can share the link, obviously, but if you just want to print out some paper copies and have people at work sign it, it's a lovely way to, and a, and a very helpful way for everyone to introduce this and give people, if you will, something to do. I just am a big believer give people, everyone something, a way to support this, whether it's a very small way or a very massive way. 
Well, and what a great thing to bring to support groups in memory cafes to have yeah. people sign. Are you are you going to submit that someplace or is it just kind of for a proclamation on the site? I mean, it's, yes, I, I'll be honest, we haven't figured out where, how or where, but yes, we're going to actively use it as an indicator that, hey, you know, there is support for this um, move toward creativity and a new a new approach and a new paradigm, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, we will, we're going to compile it and say, again, to everyone, people support this. Here's who they are. Here's where they come from. Um, It'd be interesting just to send it off to... We'll continue to have it. I mean, that's also something that will be going on far beyond September Mm -hmm. 24th. So it's just an ongoing way. People can, again, express their humanity. It would be interesting to send it to the Biden administration since they've pulled these funds together for caregivers to see that, um, you know, we do need something a little bit different. And we need something dramatically different. I will, Mm -hmm. (laughs) with all respect, it is. I just think it's and they're out there. That's what's crazy making. It's not as if there are all these things that, oh, oh, God, if we can only figure that out. Yep. There are, and that's what has been the joy of my life to get to know the people who have joined the coalition and others. They are incredibly creative, successful, effective. They actually really do um, help people, everybody affected by dementia, live their lives as fully as possible in various ways, but but in the, the broadest possible sense, creative, playful, inclusive. So um, I think it's just, it's, if, if we can narrow the gap between all of that happening and begin to say, hey, hey, Biden or whoever, he, there's a lot of resources here. Let's figure out how to utilize that. Yeah, well, and, and to make them accessible. I mean, that's why we started Dementia Map and we're thrilled that you're part of that. Yeah. It's, it's like if we can get, and I don't care if everyone is, takes a free listing, just get in there so people can find you yeah. Because they don't know where to go. Google isn't the safest place in the world or the most comfortable place. You know, and, and, you, and you don't know who people are. I mean, there's yep. yes, if you if you Google a major organization, that's fine. But you're right, it's not easily accessible. And also the 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 organizations and projects that I really think people should go to are even less well known and less publicized. So I agree with you. I think it's all we've got to, we just have to keep collectively raising the profile, even as we do the particular work and the wonderful work we're doing in each of our communities or homes or whatever. Well, and people are shocked, uh, you know, when they go to Dementia Map, they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea this stuff exists. And most of what we have there are small to mid-sized businesses because the big guys sure. don't think they need us, but the consumer needs them to be there because they need easier access instead of trying to maneuver everyone's website. But um, people are like, oh my gosh, I, I, I didn't know this, I, you know, like Music Men's Minds out in New York, where they're oh, doing these free music therapy sessions that people can partake in or Maria's Place with all these activities. I mean, there's, there's, it's so deep and so much. And people, like I said, they're shocked like, yeah. how, how did I not know this before? You know, and that's, no. I think, with, like, your organization and mine, we're trying to lift those voices, pull them together, make them work well together as a well-oiled machine instead of getting in yeah. each other's ways. 
you know, the collaboration is just a beautiful, yeah. beautiful thing. I mean, I agree. And in some ways, one of the things I've said about the coalition to members and our leadership bodies, whatever, is I'm as critical of traditional Alzheimer's institutions as anyone. I think mm -hmm. that, and that's well documented. I mean, many more people have been more articulate than I am. However, what I feel strongly about is if we want to, if we want to seriously challenge that traditional kind of biomedical model influenced array of institutions and programs, then we've got to create something that's as large and as visible. Mm -hmm. Can't ask people to go someplace else if you aren't. And, and in a way, what you were saying, I think there's a lot of reasons. Like, I think we could be more visible than, I mean, I think part of the reason that the biomedical model is just so pervasively hurtful is because I think it's just sucked the air out of the dementia conversation to the extent that they just, nobody pays attention to mm -hmm. the that the kinds of programs or creative programs that are in dementia map or we know about or whatever. And that's that's that, that's really seriously too bad. On the other hand, I think we often work alone and in isolation. And I'm from speaking for myself, I think the coalition, I'm very serious about us continuing to I want to be large and visible mm -hmm. and have everyone know, hey. There's also this this group and their members and all that they're doing and let's let's find out um, because you're right visibility is you can't be seen mm -hmm. it's too hard given everything that's going on when people say how come I don't know that it existed because in a way it's not easy to see <laughs> I mean you know and I want us to be seen and continue to be grassroots and independent it's not going to turn us into a you know, a bureaucracy, um, but I want us to be seen. So we'll see how that unfolds. Yeah, I, I, uh, like I said, I, I, well, I'm a big grassroots girl. I mean, I just, that's, that's my mode. I, I get bogged down with the bureaucracy and I get frustrated. Um, as I've said many times, I've kicked two words to the curb. One is failure and one is perfection. And I love when you're talking, you know, you're not talking about being the perfect thing. You're talking about no. do what's right for you and your community. Yes, and exactly. I think that, that is key because if, if it doesn't fit the community, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to exactly. do any good. I, I, and everybody's I, spinning their I, wheels. I agree. You know, and if we view things of, oh, but I might fail, I view things as, oh, what if I don't try? Exactly. What if I yeah, don't and try? I, and there's always I something agree. to learn. And I think I we agree. should always be looking at how do we improve things? Um, yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation, Amiri. Well, I you. wanted to ask you, was there anything more that you wanted to mention about, you know, reimagining dimension and how can people become involved? How can they help? Well, I think step one, I mean, I, the, the, I mean, again, obviously one key way is if, if anyone listening is interested in being part of taking it to the streets, I think our, our email and website, you'll provide that information. Also become a member. It's free. It takes a minute. It's easily accessible on our website. Um, it's not, it doesn't bind you to doing anything, but it's an incredibly important source. It's just a statement of support for us, this mission, this vision. 
And it's really the way we can communicate with you about what we'll be doing ongoing, member gatherings and other things. Mm -hmm. um, also, then be in touch. Be in touch with me. Um, I love, I try to have conversations with everybody who joins. Um, I love getting to know our members, but it also, it also allows for just the very thing you were saying, or which is it allows us to then figure out, well, what works for the community you're in or your particular, mm -hmm. rather than having a cookie cutter. Yeah. If you did this, everything would be fine. Um, and also I just love hearing the stories and journeys that people were taking and supporting them again to, um, if they want to, in a sense, become self-organizing in this area for themselves, their families, their communities, then, you know, we can support that. Yeah, I think it's a great way to, uh, for people to be able to inspire one another and, um, you know, not, not be so scared about the future and what dementia has to hold. I, that's the one thing that I hear from people living with dementia in families is once they get kind of hooked up to the community, they're like, oh my gosh, they feel more empowered. They feel oh, more purposeful than they have in their lives. Oh, and, I agree. and people are shocked by that. But, you know, letting people walk in, in their, in their own journey and let them be their authentic selves we don't get to do that very often in this world. And dementia like says, Hey, we're not scared of anything. <laughs> you know, come right. on in. Yes, I think. Know, we, we've seen a little bit of everything yes. and you'll probably show us a little bit more and that's okay. I agree. I mean, the singular thing, and this is both in the joy of dementia coalition and in life. I mean, my bottom line is don't do it alone. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't be creative. You can't make a difference alone. Mm -hmm. Um, also, we're just not alone. <laughs> we're always in relationships and communities. And if you need support in how to, again, have more support in your life, to create a community, to do whatever, be in touch with me. I'll introduce you to wonderful people who could help you do that. I'll introduce you to communities or be, look at the dementia map or look at our you know, resources. On, but don't do it alone. That's mm -hmm. I just, I, it, it's, 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 it's not just, necessary. It's just it's not necessary. And it's, it's way too hard. And I just don't want to, I don't think we have to go through that kind of pain and isolation. I really don't. I'm not yep. being naive, but I don't think we have to. Yeah. It's much easier together. That's for sure. And we learn so much from one another. You know, we don't have to experience every, you know, good or bad thing by ourselves. I mean, we can, oh. we can, we can experience that through others as well. Yeah. And also to your point before about failing, I mean, we're so terrified of failing in this culture, but one of my favorite improv games, and I know we have to come to a stop, but it's, it's a, it's a exercise that we use a lot in our work called we made a mistake. And it's really, it would be like, we, so it would be you and I trying to count to 10 simultaneously, but mm -hmm. any error, anything that messes up, you say, we made a mistake mm -hmm. and you do it as enthusiastically and as big as you can, which both kind of changes your relationship to mistakes, but also it relocates it to we're making the mistake, which has, you can just do so much more with that mm -hmm. than, oh my God, you failed. I made a mistake, which just is so, it just beats people down. We'll make yep. mistakes. We're going to fail. 
this week the taking to the streets might fail. I'm not, I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not a, I don't think it will because I, in my mind, it's already succeeded. <laughs> However, I, I agree with you. I think what you're saying about failure, I mean, you know, failure is failure. It, then you can go forward and, and learn from that or build with that. Yeah. Gosh, we've got to, we've got to, if we're going to make a difference in anything going on in the world, we have to take that risk. Well, we have to start. And the biggest failure is not starting. You know, so many people procrastinate and go, oh, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, yes. I can't. And, and, you know, changing that to I can. I mean, when I go out and speak, one of the things I even talk with people is just think of, of what your relationships would be like with a person with dementia if you believe that they could be whole relationships, that they yeah. could be fun relationships, that they could be calm relationships versus, oh, they don't know who I am or they, they can't communicate with me or they don't know who I am and believing the friends that are saying you don't need to go back yeah. because they're no. so uncomfortable with it. I mean, it, it changes everything when, yeah. we, when we believe and that's just so critically important. So I wish you guys nothing but the best. I'd love to have well, thank you, you on, you know. Um, yes, I would love to share what happens after. I think that'll be fun to talk about. Given yeah. What we've been exploring today. I, I would love to. And thank you again for having us. Yeah. Are people, or have you thought of asking people to send like little clips in so that you can oh, yes, show yes. those? We, will, we are asking everyone to take pictures, to take videos, and then we'll, you know, hopefully have a, you know, just a very vibrant array of, of you know, kind of video or, or photographic content. Yes, okay. we, we definitely want to capture the, at least ca try to capture the spirit of it. Because, again, I think it will be very spirited. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, in wrapping up again, Mary, I just thank you so much for taking time and sharing about reimagining uh, Dementia Coalition and your taking to the streets campaign that is off and running and we'll probably see more of that um, come mid-September. I, I would ask all of our listeners to please like, click and share this episode, not because uh, it's an ego thing for me, it's far from that. I just want people to know about this program. I want, I want them to know about the opportunity to get involved and to be able to make a difference, big or small. You know, we all have people in our spheres of influence that are dealing with dementia that have, have not disclosed that to us yet because they're just not comfortable. And we have to make that conversation comfortable. And one of the easiest ways we can do that is be a giver of hope, share information that can be life-changing for another dealing with dementia. Um, and uh, again, it takes no time. It takes no money. You know, it's, it's very little effort, but it has a huge, huge impact. You can uh, go to their website, reimaginingdementia.com. Uh, you can email them at reimaginingdementia at gmail.com. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Again, thank you so much for your time, Mary. And for our listeners, again, appreciate you as an audience and as a community. Help us spread the word. We're in this together. Talk to you soon, everyone. Bye-bye. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. 
Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.